vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs were often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Redcross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next podcast. I'm really excited for our guest today because we're going to be talking about not just pivoting and trying to change the world, but also looking at the world as far as how we give, you know, how we all do a lot of our charitable donations. Many of us are often feeling like we're giving, but the world's maybe not changing the way we expected. The world's not maybe moving sometimes in the directions that we expect. And our guest today is going to talk about that and how he's approached the pivot of being able to maybe turn the way that we give upside down and being able to make sure that as we give, not only there's some great transparency, but building a model around bringing food to kids and specifically vegan food. The idea is how do we build a model where not only is veganism making all these great changes in the world, but it's important that veganism is also giving back to communities. Veganism is helping individuals and specifically when we think about children, making sure that we are attacking not just poverty, but hunger as well. So I'm excited about today's discussion because we're going to talk about how Stephen found his way towards this kind of model and created this unique model and also really talk about a lot of the mission behind the vegan experience and how the idea that it's never too late to change for anyone out there who's thinking about pivoting themselves, hopefully we'll all be inspired by Stephen's story today. So Stephen, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me, Stephanie. So let's dive right in. You know, one thing we love to talk about is how you know, in our lives, you know, we sometimes head down one path and then things happen. We have an epiphany and we make changes. We pivot. We find new ways to give back or new ways to change the world. Do you want to give everyone maybe a little bit of background on yourself, your career, and what was your major pivot and how did that help you create the vegan experience? Yeah, absolutely. So, my, I mean, my, my, I've pivoted Many times in my career, I was a professional athlete, blew up my knee, couldn't play anymore, had to pivot, got into advertising, did really, really well there because I loved it. Sold my company, decided that, uh, you know, rather than retire, we would do something good in the world. Uh, ended up, you know, creating a company that was that was really going to make a difference in the world through not only disrupting the giving space, but disrupting it in a positive way. And then I got reached out, uh, we pivoted again, deciding that we had the opportunity to go into different industries. And then we got, as I, as I mentioned to you earlier, when we were talking backstage, that I, I got uh, reached out to by someone in the vegan community, Andrew Alexander, and uh, you know, informed us that our food was vegan, uh, which we, we, we should have known, of course, but we didn't. And, uh, and then we decided that, hey, let's build a model around the vegan community. My son's been vegan for six years. And as I said to you, we just started. We're in that journey right now, my, both my wife and I. 
And so that's how it started. We kind of said, okay, this is a great opportunity. And as we studied it more, we realized it was really, this was something we could really impact in many different ways rather than just the feeding program. So, and that's what the vegan experience is all about. Perfect. Now, before we got started, we were talking about the model, some of the things that are broken in the model, because I want to talk about the solution that you offer and how you approach it. But I want to make sure our listeners have a little bit of backstory on what are some of the challenges and how you've overcome them in the giving space. Yeah. So uh, here's the reality. And I don't think too many people, even older people will, will you know, argue with this anymore. We, we need to know where our money's going. We need to know, you know full transparency. We need to know the impact it's making. And as the young people put it, I mean, what's in this for me? Can't we all win in, in doing this? And aren't we all in this together? And so, you know, when I, when I heard that, I realized that the charity model, it's impossible to answer those questions. And it's not because of anything that they're doing wrong or their intentions or anything. The model is broken. It cannot answer those questions, especially the what's in it for me. So we just decided to, you know what, this is the new generation. Charity model has been around for 200 years and hasn't been touched. So it's time for change. But who wants to disrupt the giving space? I mean, you know, like you're an idiot. Like, look at this guy. He's disrupting the giving space. I wanted to make sure strategically that if I was going to do it, I was going to do it in a very transparent way, but also in a collaborative way. And that was the real important thing to me. I wanted to make sure that we that, you know, created a model where everybody wins more than they put in. And that's what we did with the food. And we, by the way, we, we selected food in this journey strategically, Stephanie, so that we could have a product that we could sell and there would be a profit. We're not a charity. We're not a nonprofit. We're a for-profit social enterprise. And people, your listeners better get, you know, Get used to hearing that because it's coming, it's growing. Even since we started, I know another 20 that I just know of that have started. There's probably way more than that, but this is the future of it. So it's around giving, making making sure full transparency and making sure they know exactly the impact and making sure they win more than they put in. And that's the model we created around the giving. And I love that because when I was on your website, that's one thing I was trying to get a feel for like how it worked. I wanted to get a sense of, okay, if I wanted to participate, what happened? And it was great to see that, you know, I could do a gift and send meals myself. I could sign up for a subscription, but I also love that transparency around, I could understand what I donated and what it yielded, meaning how many meals did it Absolutely. translate to. And I thought that was a really interesting kind of experience on your site that I haven't experienced with other either organizations or charities or even nonprofits out there. Yeah, I mean, their model is is obviously, you know, it, it does uh, provide some real challenges to them. But in ours, you know exactly, you're buying the meals, the meals are being shipped to a participating charity who's just putting them right in the hands of the people. And then we have our discount app, which has got, you know, 310,000 vendors on it, uh, all doing good and all offering discounts So when you use it. So there isn't one person who's feeding through our program that isn't saving more money than it's actually costing them. So they're winning more than they put in. And that's a real novel approach in the giving. And then remember, we do make a profit. So we take that profit and we put that back into other causes or in other particular programs that can help us feed more people. So again, everybody's got, every touch point's going to win more than they put in. And there's full transparency about everything we're doing. 
Now, give us a little bit of the backstory. I had the privilege of talking with you before we got started, and you talked about how you were really kind of headed in one direction. And then after that discussion with Alexandra, you know, you you pivoted in that, and it's created this amazing opportunity. Do you want to give kind of our listeners a little bit of that backdrop yeah. of, of where you were headed and how, you know, how this evolved to the vegan experience today? Yeah, so we... We, uh, so we created this program, honestly, because I came out of kind of, we did retirement for a little bit, but not very long. And uh, both my wife and I, I think we lasted six weeks before we were so bored that we had to do something we knew. And we really wanted to make a positive impact. We were in a position to do that. And so my mother wanted me to build a homeless shelter. And so I said, okay, we're going to build a homeless shelter. We're going to put our name on it, which we are doing. And uh, I said, but I need a model so that this is a self-sustainable deal. I'm not going to be begging people for money because we have a good cause, because that's what everybody does, and they're all good causes. So we, we created this model about feeding, and the idea really was just to feed, if we could feed you know, 50, 100,000 people a month, we could have then the homeless shelter would be sustainable, and that would be it, and that would be our give back, and that was fantastic. Once we launched this model and we started talking to more and more people, we realized that this was this was a really special model. It was a perfect time. A timing, of course, is for a lot of things is is what happened. You know, what takes it to the next level. And then what happened is I got a call from Andrew Alexander in the, in the vegan community and was asking, inquiring about our food. So you know, we were just creating this company that was going to feed people and then kind of do some other stuff with with the uh, with the you know profits. And he started out talking about the food. We sent him the formula. We created this this formula ourselves. And he came back to me and said, by the way, you know, this food is vegan. And I said, no, I, I mean, you know, my son's vegan. He has been for six years, but uh, no, I wasn't aware. So he wanted to interview me. So he interviewed me. And then all of a sudden I got people from the vegan community reaching out and saying, where can we get this? You know, we really want to do it. And so we started researching it a little bit more and realized how, you know, the community, the size of the community was 10 million people in North America. And so we said, you know what? why don't we build a program specifically for this community? And because as I said to you before, we give back. Mm -hmm. Why don't we give back? Why don't we make that give back to the vegan community? And so we built the vegan experience and that's what it's all about. It's all about feeding, of course, children who wouldn't otherwise get food. So we're giving them good, healthy, vegan food. But then with that profit that we must give back, we've got other programs that are going to you know, help educate people more about the vegan community and invest in vegan startups. So that's the really cool thing about this model. Absolutely. And I love that because I think it's so important for organizations and even businesses to kind of feel and figure out how they support a wider community. Because the stronger kind of all of us are as players mm. in the community, the more we can kind of move society, move groups forward. So I'm really excited about what you're doing. One thing I want to do is also give people a little bit of grounding on maybe some of the stats. We were talking about that earlier because we all know that, you know, hunger is an issue. But I think sometimes we don't always have the stats at our fingertips to understand really you know, how big this issue is and why we need to all urgently act. Yeah, you know, Stephanie, it, it, this is really what got me going because I've been involved in the charity world my whole life. I've been on boards of charities. I've always given. 
And when I was, when I was, we partnered up with Google and we got, we were getting all this information. And one of the things that came across my desk six years ago was that 47 million people were going hungry every day in Canada, the United States. I actually thought it was a misprint. Yeah. We don't hear about that. We hear about a child dying every 10 seconds of starvation or malnutrition in developing countries. And I've been supporting those charities for years, like 25 years. But when I saw this, I was actually shocked. I said, no, that can't be right. I confirmed that it was right. Today, by the way, that number is 53 million. One in five children in Canada and the United States go to school hungry. And that affects their learning abilities. So that's terrible. We've got 17 million children in North America going hungry every day. That's no, that's not good. That's, this is not good. And here's the other thing. Both countries, both Canada and the United States, are constantly, you know, focusing on helping everybody else in the world. And these things are going on here, right here in our own backyard. Yeah. And that really bothered me as well. I said, listen, it's great that we can help other people, but we've got to start with ourselves. And so when I talked to some of the charities, some of the biggest food charities who are not feeding anybody right here, I said, well, this is, this is a flawed strategy. It's a flawed strategy. I'm going to focus on right here. And so that's how we kind of got, you know, to where we're doing and, and how we're doing it. And again, the collaborative model with the charity so that we're, yes, we're disruptive, but we're also collaborative. And I like that you're collaborative because I think a lot of times when we're thinking about driving change, we assume we have to lay the groundwork for everything. We have to put yes. everything new in place to be able to get a new result. But often I find through collaboration, through, like you said, even working with organizations that maybe were not as focused in North America or, you know, U.S. or Canada, as an example, by really saying, hey, there's a need here and maybe an opportunity for your organization. I think that kind of creates this opportunity to reach more people and help more people faster because you can use their infrastructures. Absolutely. And Stephanie, we have a model. We've got a, we've got a, we haven't announced it yet. There's an official uh, next, actually November, but we've got a, we've got an association, American association. And when we, when we tell people, we'll say, wow. And they've got 500,000 members. And so when we went to them and said, let's feed, let's feed children here in the United States. And then, then we could take that money and we can do things in developing countries. What a novel approach. We're going to help ourselves first. And then in that particular case where we have that money to give back, that's going to be over a million dollars a month. So 12 million a year we can do, you know, you can build shelters or do whatever you're going to do. So it's a win, win, win. These are the models that we have to strategically be doing rather than just saying, here you go. And hopefully there's an impact there. And it's just, it's, it's got to stop the way we're doing it right now. Otherwise we will never solve the problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you feel, you know, sometimes people are worried about, you know, the the vegan lane, you know, especially because of the vegan term and how people respond to it and so forth. Now, personally, I don't feel that. I feel like it is very opening. I really feel like we have an amazing community of people, but I know not everyone's experience has been pure. But I bring this up because it's really exciting to see you focus in on you know, creating this vegan experience and staying true to the concept of bringing kind of vegan meals out. Have you had any pushback, any feedback from other organizations or charities or partnerships because of that? And if so, how did you kind of manage it? 
No, we, we've certainly got some, I, I wouldn't say it was really pushback. There's more questions. I, we, we see that you've launched into, you know, the vegan world. What's that all about? And we told them initially about the, the fact that we, uh, you know, our, our food is vegan, so it's a natural. But then when they found out that, remember, in our model, so our model is, you know, we, by the end of next year, we want to be feeding a million children per month. And through that model, we take two dollars. You know, we we we're a for profit. We must put fifty percent back into other causes. So in this case, it's all going to stay in the vegan community. So we're taking two dollars, and we are so that's that's two million a month, twenty four million a year, and we're investing in vegan startups. We're going to put that money back in so that they can get this money. You know, access access to money, and and then the other money, the other fifty cents we're taking. That is going to producing the largest vegan events in North America. And the reason we were adamant about that is because of my background. I think we need these educational. I think people need, I, I just needed to get ed educated. That was my problem. My son, who's a, you know, a bit of an anarchist, I think I shared that with you. He was all over and get crazy and it's going to thing and they're going to end the world. And, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, and then I, by the way, I asked him a simple question. I said, why can't I eat? cheese and, and butter right and he said wow because of this i said hey uh i know your background there buddy uh have you ever worked on a on a dairy farm because i have and those in in my case and then it was you know as i as i got better educated i realized that that's not always the case that my experience is kind of probably the norm or, or isn't the norm so mm -hmm. i realized all that but he couldn't answer that he just said oh no because they're mistreated and it was like wow you're not educated really to be you know, because people will find out, well, that's maybe not the case. So I think an educational component is really needed. People just need to get, you know, better. It was the same with the, with the crypto industry, right? People just need to get, you know, it was like, whoa, it's going to replace the dollar. No, it's not. So this is just an, an industry that I think is very healthy for people. But there's many different reasons and many different impacts it has on society, on the climate. I was just talking about somebody that the other day and they're not aware of this so we want to produce these events and we'll be able to produce really high-end events miami convention center uh and really do some amazing things uh to educate people so this will not be just for the vegan community this will be as much for the people who want to know more about the vegan community and i think that's really important as well absolutely i think doing that educational piece is really important because I think for a lot of people, they would be surprised how many of their causes or the things that they're passionate about. Uh, there is yes. an intersection between that and veganism. And yes. therefore, we can kind of leverage each other's networks, leverage Absolutely. each other's plans and strategies to really change the world. So I Absolutely. think more of that open dialogue can really make a difference. 100%. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. So if people want to learn more, if people are interested in maybe signing up, doing a gift, what's the best way for them to get started? What website should they go to? Should they yeah. jump on social media? What's the yeah. best way for them to, to take action? We have all the social media stuff out there, the vegan experience, and we have the veganexperience.ca right now. On October the 15th, is actually our kind of official launch because our app will be ready. We're doing a whole bunch of things behind the scenes. We're investing a lot of money in, in it because I think it's a really, really good cause. So we'll have all that. People will be able to download the app. They'll be able to you know, get more information. We're, we've got 
uh, a bunch of different stuff that we're going to have on there with sponsors and things like that. But they can go on right now. They can they can actually sign up and, and kind of get on a waiting list, uh, but they can get educated about the program, about what we're doing. And then we're at the new, I think I was telling you this, the new uh, website, which will be which will be launching officially on Friday, this Friday, we'll have on there uh, the official launch on the 15th of October, the app that they'll be able to download and everything. And then they'll be able to get the subscriptions on there. They'll be able to get a, our discount app, which as I, I mentioned to you, has got 310,000 vendors now in, in Canada, the United States, mainly in the United States, of course. And uh, our vendors all offer a minimum of 15% discount every time you use it. So there's no way that you're not going to save more than it's actually costing you to feed that child. So, uh, but they can go do that and that's a start. That's a good way to start. I love it when people have clear actions. Um, and then, like you said, how it's also a benefit to not only the children that you're able to feed, but for the individuals that are actually donating as well. Absolutely. So one thing I want to ask, as we always love to kind of talk about this pivoting experience, a lot of times we learn a little bit more about ourselves. Sometimes we, you know, have to go through either a mindset shift, you know, or we have to Mm -hmm. make some changes even in not just our perspective, but our habits and things like that to make a different impact in the world. Have Mm -hmm. you experienced that as you started the vegan experience? Do you have anything you'd like to share with our audience on maybe a, a challenge that you were faced with and how you overcame it? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, one of one of the interesting things for me is that, as I mentioned, my son's been a vegan for six years, and um, you know, because he gets crazy about it, we've uh, we haven't necessarily ignored him, but we've like, yeah, 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 here he's going to talk about this again. But I was challenged uh, by Andrew Alexander, another another uh, fellow who's here in Toronto, and they were saying, well, you you should try it. I mean, like you're you're just go- kind of going through some health challenges now, and my challenges was I couldn't get in the gym because of COVID, of course. Um, yeah. And so I, I gained quite a bit of weight. I'm always in really good shape. And so um, as we were now able to get into the gym and everything, I said to my wife, let's, let's try this. Let's give it a try. Like, why, why not? Why don't we do it? So that was about almost six weeks ago. And during that time, we, we haven't eaten any meat uh, at all. And uh, I, have, I will say we haven't been like pure vegans because we still still dabble in some of this stuff, although we're, we're certainly working on it. But during that time, I've, you know, I've, I've lost about 18 pounds during that time. But more importantly than that, because some of that's obviously the working out, but we just feel great. We get up in the morning, we feel like a lot, like a lot better, noticeably better than when we ate meat. Um, and that was a really, that was kind of a, a very, like a, almost a shock to us. And we were like, wow, this is, this really works. So I think that that's that we're not going back to that anytime soon. And the funny thing with us is we don't miss it. That's good. That was that was the big thing that I I thought you know I would miss having meat the odd time, but we don't. We're actually quite content. Uh, so yeah, that was a huge pivot for us and uh, and kind of a, an eye opener. So we're glad that we're on this journey now, and uh, we certainly hope to stay on that. And oh, we will stay. On. We don't hope to. We're going to. So yeah, that's our focus. No, I think that's great because I, all of us kind of come to our vegan journey often from different perspectives, different experiences and so forth. So it was so exciting to hear that you're on that journey. I'm also excited that you have your son as support. So I'm sure <laughs> he's equally probably as excited as oh, I he's, am. Yeah, he's excited, yes. <laughs> about it as well. 
but it's such an amazing kind of discovery I've found for myself, not just in what we eat, how we eat, you know, even sometimes our connections and emotional connections to food and things like that can be really interesting, you know, as you make this journey. So I really wish you all the best as you you continue to to transition. So as we wrap up today's session, I first just want to say thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day to you know, spend with me, spend with our audience, and also really make sure they're aware of the great work that you're doing. Really excited that you've decided to make that focus in the vegan community and also create that sustainable model mm-hmm. in our community. I think often we think about the need, but sometimes when we get so excited about the need that we want to solve in our communities, we often don't come up with a sustainable model that will allow us to continue to meet that need. So I'm really excited that you have that built in. So I guess my last question for you is just generally, as anyone out there is doing their own pivot, as anyone out there is trying to find their way and trying to find their way towards sustainability, towards really figuring out what model works for them. Do you have any tips on how you strategize, on how you kind of found your way? And I bring this up because what we're going through right now with the pandemic, a lot of people are really, really have to look at their businesses differently, look at the world differently, look at their customers differently. And I think often it helps to hear from others how they came up with a strategy or an approach that really helped them to create a breakthrough company or organization? Yeah, a great question. And, and certainly we, you know, people are, we're going to need to change. There's no question about it. I was fortunate enough because I got, I had just signed a huge contract in my hockey career and then it was just taken away like that. And so I realized that the change is inevitable and it can happen anytime. And it's like a chapter in a book when it does, it's time to move on and write the next chapter. And so this is a, has been a new chapter for us. And I think really, you know, the, the biggest thing for me was really about how do we, how do we, like when we're making these changes in our life strategically is, you know, how do we create sustainability? How do we really, in, like, what, what is it that we're trying to impact and how do we create that impact? And I know for me, the model, which I, by the way, I would recommend everybody do is our motto is everybody must win more than they put in. And I remember as I was as I was leaving the advertising world to start my own, I was just 29, I'd been in it just for four years. And my CEO said to me, you know, just make sure, I said, give me some advice. He said, make sure that you build programs and, and, and you build your company around the, the, the understanding that you're only as strong as your weakest link. And we've all heard that before. Mm-hmm. But here's what troubled me as I was walking out, I had my door, my hand on the door, I turned around and said, why would anybody build a model with a broken link. And he started laughing. He said, no one's ever asked me that before. So our model, and I encourage everybody to think about this as they're building whatever they're building, make sure that everybody wins more than they put in. Because if they do, why why would they ever stop? When people get on ours, we asked our focus groups, our kids, you know, 20, 25-year-old kids, we were saying, so we want you to do this forever. We want you to feed these kids forever. They're like, whoa. Said, well, wait a minute. We walked them through the, you know, the app, and we did case studies, and none of them were going to save less than five times what it was costing them. So we said, so are you going to do it? And they were like, why? Why would we stop? Exactly. 
because they're winning more than they put in. Do that with your clients. Do that with your suppliers. Do that with everybody. Suppliers says, well, I've got a cash flow crunch and everything, so I'll, I'll offer you this. Just say, no, let's, let's do a fair price. So you're going to win more than you put in as well. I don't want you to lose money. We need to be in this together. You do that and you can never go wrong. Your company will be around for the next you know, 20 years. Just keep doing that all the time. So that would be my advice. I think that is a wonderful lesson, a wonderful mantra, and a wonderful way to look at all of our businesses and organizations. And also, as we all look at our path forward, I think at mm-hmm. times, you know, we can be haunted by the plans and everything we've done in the past, but often the future is bright. And if we can all make sure that, you know, everybody wins or they win more than what they put in is a great way for all of us to move forward as we kind of get our new footing in this new world. And also as we get our footing in general and running businesses and organizations, because they all require many of us to pivot at times. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So thank you once again for joining me today. Sure. It was lovely having some time to talk with you. It's wonderful to hear the work that you're doing. And I really look forward to not only keeping up with what you're doing, but also seeing your growth over time, the new website, and also some of the um, future projects that you talked about, like the events and so forth. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Great. And thank you everyone who's watched us, whether you've joined us live and you just dropped in a comment of hello, or if you're listening to this as a replay or part of our podcast series, we really, really, really appreciate you being here. We appreciate you listening out. We also appreciate you taking action. So make sure you take some time to jump into the show notes or into the description and click on the link for the vegan experience, because I really think this is a great, not only opportunity for us as vegans and even some of my non-vegan listeners that are out there (laughs) to actually support Stephen and his organization, but also a great way for all of us to really help solve hunger. Um, I think this is something that we should all be concerned about and taking action on. So I hope today's session is a little bit of a nudge for some of you, maybe a eye opener for others, and also for an opportunity for us out in the vegan community to spread the word about this great work so we can continue to get the message out there and feed more kids. All right. Thank you, everyone. Take care. And thank you, Stephen, once again for your time. Thanks for listening to Pivot, our vegan business interview podcast. This is recorded as a live streaming session. So I hope you'll join us for future interviews as well. We offer these interviews to help vegan entrepreneurs stay connected with the vegan business community. If you're interested in more in-depth insights or training, please consider subscribing to one of our premium podcasts, Going Solo or Fix It. Visit veganmainstream.com to learn more or click on the links in the show notes.